know what I love about this episode? It's Dawn. It's the fact that she has been a very valuable contributing member to our community for a while. And, you know, she came up with a reason that she wanted to share her value on this stage. And we did it, right? This stage that we've created is not just for me, it's for you. It's for you to learn from, and it's also for you to showcase your value on when you have it to to share, right? So we worked through this idea of I'm obsessed with core values and I'm obsessed with, you know, this type of stuff. And and Don is an expert on writing books about your values. She's also a super impressive human being. Um, uh, She's a total genius. And this ended up being a great episode where you're going to find out about the easiest way to publish, be published in a book um, about your values and why that makes sense and also how to start a writing habit. It's a... Online internet talk show, you know, the thing that I preach, the the ability to build a relationship with a brilliant person in front of a bunch of other brilliant people and uh, make a bunch of connections. So I think you're really, really going to enjoy this. Stay till the end where I tell you uh, my biggest takeaway from this thing and where the next couple conferences I'm going to be at. But for right now, enjoy your time with Don Bates. If you know how it is, then you know how it might be. But think what it would look like if you grow your own community. It ain't easy. That's why you're listening to hear experiences from others just like you and me. Welcome to the B2B Community Builder Podcast, a show that was started because if you can unlock the power of having a community around your business, then you will create a source of referrals, validation, marketing content, and product feedback that will be un. Beatable, but who has time to think about building a community when you need to be making sure that your team has what it needs to succeed in serving clients and bringing in revenue? That is why we'll be talking to business leaders like you and I that have cracked the code on why the community play is so valuable, how to implement tactics that got them there while still serving short term goals, and what they can teach you that they have mastered. This show is for you if you are a CEO, CMO, or simply a rainmaker that has realized that without a community, you are just a commodity, but haven't figured out how to add it to your infinite list of priorities. This show is for you if you are a community professional or trying to be a community professional that is trying to convince leadership about the need to invest in a community strategy. This show is not for you if you think transactions are more valuable than relationships. I am your host and chief executive connector, Pablo Gonzalez, co-founder of BeTheStage.Live, a marketing company that specializes in relationship-driven growth. I invented the relationship flywheel and hopefully... I'm your new best friend. So smash that subscribe button, leave a rating when you do, and get ready to plug into the power of community creation for business development. Let's go. We're officially live for the B2B Community Builder Show, Season 5, Episode 182. I'm your host, Chief Executive Connector, Pablo Gonzalez. Welcome to the show. Today, we have somebody (laughs) I've grown to really, really like. These days, uh, a a stalwart of our community that proves that you show up, you give out enough value, you're part of the community, the stage is open if you are talented enough and you can bring it. She is a 
Oxford PhD candidate. I like to brag on that. She's a yeah, stable. She's a MM. She can kick my ass for sure. She does MMA. I've heard that. <laughs> sure. I recently learned that. She's known to dance at airports. She's published a bajillion books. She is a fighter for human rights and the yes. things that most people will turn away from. She heads straight into them <laughs> to solve some of the biggest problems. She is my friend. Welcome <laughs> to the show, Don. How are you? I'm really tired. <laughs> no, really uh, good. I'm you said you're buzzing. Normal. You're joining us from somewhere in tropical Central America. Today you yeah. are? I'm in England and it's really cold. <laughs> cold, England. cold England, middle of the summer, cold in England. Welcome to the community. Today we are talking about publishing, about publishing your core values and how mm. important that is. And before we get to do that, we got the roll call. Don, you ready? It's, it's going to be a quick one. Yeah. All right. We got Rowan saying hi, everyone. Happy 4th of July. Happy 4th of July. Happy birthday, America, even though this is going to come out in the (laughs) podcast later. Today is also Dawn's Entrepreneurial Independence Day. It is her work anniversary for independence. We got Lee Bishop, the MVP of the Not Your Investors. Happy Not Your Average Investor Show community is in the house. We got Gareth Beverly saying, oi, oi. He's in the chat saying hello. We got Brett Ruiz, my good friend and mentor from Ohio, which I assume is is Ohio cold. Is Ohio cold, Brett? Let us know. Let us know. Uh, I just I got just back from a July barbecue. I've had a couple of beers in me, but we're gonna have a good time today. <laughs> Don 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 is Don is on sleep deprivation, so we're just gonna go straight into it. Don, when you approached me to be on the show, I was like, Don. <sighs> You got to give me, you got to, I made it hard for you. I was like, Don, uh, you got to give me a subject for that. My, that our community is thinking about, right? Like I, it's got to be something that a business leader is thinking, oh man, I've been wondering about this. I need to put some time in my calendar. Show I show up to this. You came up with this idea of why it's so important to publish your core values of which is something that I've been deep diving in, right? Like we have realized that the companies that really live by their core values and embed them into their business and lead with them are the companies we want to do business with. So what you were doing is taking it a step further and it's publishing (laughs) a couple steps further as you tend to do publishing about your core values, right? Writing Mm -hmm. a book on it. Let's start with the first, you know, like the, let's take the first bite of the elephant. Why is it, you know, what is, what is it that is so important about placing this giant beacon around your core values. What is what is the big value? Why do people need to know about this? Because you ha- you get past that whole thing of, I just can't keep my mouth shut on this any longer. Because that was a distraction. And when you're distracted by stuff like that, you don't focus. You've always got something going on. It's annoying you. It's like that, it's like that love punch. It's not that no longer a love nudge. It's, a, it's starting to become a punch. And you can't ignore it. And when you've got stuff like that, bothering you you are distracted and you've got to consider the fact that a lot of us are hiding even those of us who are speaking out it's like this is no hiding because your book is going to be out there your story putting your putting your name to something so you are willing to risk it all to have it all Mm. and if you're not willing to risk it all to have a have it all and put your voice and your name to something that's just going to elevate you it's Ah, uh, I just get so tongue-tied on this because it, <laughs> I get frustrated with people because when you're in a one-on-one or you're in a group, you see these people and they light up and they get so fired up mm-hmm. and they tend to have these conversations over and over with friends 
And like with people in the workplace, moving those and actually doing something about it, it elevates you in different ways. You become uh, kind of like a chosen one in some ways. To a, thinking of a movie being it's Fourth of July, and you watch movies and eat lots of food on the Fourth of July, don't you? And you go out and you party and you chill out with the movie, like the golden one. You're the golden choice. <laughs> that the uh, the Murphy movie, the golden, the golden. Choice? I have no idea. The only uh, thing I think about with Eddie Murphy is Soul Glow. <laughs> <laughs> so that's interesting. So what you're saying is that. Most of the time, or or at least correct me if I'm wrong, am I hearing that most of the time people care about their business, but they really care about these like specific things. Hmm. And if you are really caring about some, if you're working on one thing while you care about something else until you let people know about it, it's like a cumbersome weight that slows you down is that kind of what you're saying you're saying it's like this it is because we all set up a business for a particular reason we all set up the underlying premise of all our businesses or why we're in business there is something right at the heart of that right at the core it's like you know what i've got to set up this business i've got to do something about it whatever that is and is when we, we think about what human rights is um you know and social change and social justice it, it's it's those moments where you, for example, there's a young lad that I know, single mom, couldn't find a place to live because she'd got a dog and kids. He's now setting up a business where he's buying property so that he can house mothers with children. He's, that's the core underlying thing that happened to him in his childhood that is now developing this property business. There is a reason why certain people go into certain, and it's that nugget, it's that juicy gold right in the heart of them that operates everything in their life Mm. and if they're not willing to put a name to it and put their name to it because of the ripple effect that it has when you get a message from somebody who's read your book that you have no idea who they are we were talking about the dark web you know and how people come across as etc everybody has set up a business I hate bullies One of the reasons why I work in human rights and social justice, because I was bullied at school. So the whole pretense, the premise of not pretense, the whole premise of my business is to stand up to them and help other people stand up to them. Because we as parents always say that, you know, we stand up to the bullies in school. Why are you doing a podcast? There's something deep within you of why you're doing this, this building of community. Maybe it's a Latino in you. Maybe it's because, you know, of the, your background of like your parents moving to the States and missing that community. There is something that is so deep within us. And when we harness that, everything in our life just flows and we're not networking or sharing information with people on how to do something so that they can get ahead in business we're being that role model for somebody who has no way of accessing us we don't know like books get left in marinas all the time Mm. one of the books i i what i do at the beginning of my books is i write the country where that book has been and i encourage other people and like you find like you're picking up books now it's been all around the world because it's been on the back of a boat or you know it's been in someone's backpack or it's been in this person's suitcase you never know where that's going your book's going to end up and just doing a podcast or a video that book can be found decades generations later yeah. you just phone the library 
Yeah, I like I like I like where you're going with it, right? Because I think so. There's mm. a couple of things that I really echo with. Number one is this idea that I I see books as as content, right? Like I to me one of one of the reasons why I like doing a podcast, why I like publishing content on the internet, is because I think it is a way to scale relationships, right? It's a way to build relationships with people when you're mm-hmm. not around, right? Like it gives you leverage on on that piece. The other thing, the other thing that I really echo with is the idea that the reason why it's becoming more and more important to publish your core value. And I'm, I'm going to kind of paraphrase, paraphrase what you were saying a little bit, right? But like businesses are becoming more and more like each other. And, you know, because of the internet, there's less and less competitive advantages. So what I see is a big kind of tailwind of companies that stand for more than just their P&L, right? Like companies mm. that are trying to integrate their business model. Like I think Tom Shoes kind of really popularized it. And I'm sure many companies were doing this beforehand, but like Ben and Jerry's, Tom Shoes, Patagonia, right? Like these business models that have a mission tend to work really, really well for a couple of reasons. One, it's much easier to enlist somebody in a mission that they feel that they can echo with and work on together than it is to like, I want you to do the thing that I want, right? That is that is a that is a much easier proposition. And two, in a world where everything is becoming commoditized, the one thing that you can't commoditize is the person, right? So like mm-hmm. the idea that as the as the founder of a business, really caring about something as as tied to the core of your being or just something that people care about, right? Like that by itself is a differentiating factor. Not everybody mm-hmm. can build a business that is totally, totally unique. I'll tell you, it's really hard to create a business based on a formula of a thing that you invented, right? Like true story of like (laughs) how you should do things, right? Like there's many more businesses that are like Brett's business. That is a design, build, bathroom, remodeling, and exterior construction company that he has been able to differentiate by installing core values into everything that they do and have their people and their processes all kind of like reflect these core values, right? So from my perspective, to me, it's a competitive advantage in a world of undifferentiated products. And it is also a competitive advantage in marketing and in getting people to like pay attention to what you're doing and to want to work with you because it's it's walking side by side with someone in something as opposed to like telling them to follow you kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It's that mutual respect. It's like yeah. when we used to do MMA, like Sensei, we're like, we'd be there in the dojo. We'd be looking at each other. We're like, I'm going to hurt you. And you knew that they were thinking, I'm going to hurt you. But it's that mutual respect that you have. We know when we work together on human rights issues or we're, we're, we're creating a movement or we're creating a book together, we are there together, solid, yeah. to drive and give a voice to a mission or a purpose. Back in the 90s, when I first started in business, we called it corporate social responsibility. It was like that thing where companies were like, they'd write, rewrite their vision statements or their mission statements, and they put them up with a night landscape or a sunset or a boat on a lake. And then it'd all been a really, 
like nice frame. Some companies have a tacky one, but never mind. <laughs> sorry, <laughs> not sorry. <laughs> but, you know, but they, people would wherever they were at, and you'd go into these, even whether it was a shipping company or a trucking or a design company. Everything, every mission statement was the same. No, it's not. Your mission is not the same as my mission, even though we both create content. Yeah. Because I'm not you and you're not me. It's like when I got arrested in Scotland, and I, which you can read about in Crossing the Line, I was offered that if you, accept, if you admit to two of these charges that we're bringing against you, we'll let go of another one. I'm like, I'm not doing that. Like, why would I do that? That's a lie. That's a bribe. Why would I admit to something I haven't done? I would rather go to prison for telling the truth and lie and give truth to their lies. I stood in sovereignty. I stood in my power. And that is what a lot of people, when they do that, their business accelerates because people know who they are. They know what they stand for. Yeah. You know, and, and it, it's when you have that level of conviction, like I nearly had a different kind of conviction, <laughs> but when you have that, people know that, you know what, I can go at dawn. I trust her because it doesn't matter how hard the truth is. It doesn't matter what she's prepared to risk. I trust her. And that's the thing, whether you're working on human rights and standing up for your events in America over the last few weeks, (laughs) you know, when you stand for something, the other people that are standing for that, you don't know who they are. You don't know who they're connected to. We can all join forces on marketing or how to do it, you know, and how to, I don't know, Lee's on how to sell houses or how to write books. We, we can all stand for that and we can all share information on that. But when you start sharing with people who have got the same core values as you and they also get that buzz out of a small child's face lighting up, knowing they can go to school or that they're going to get food tomorrow. You know, and when you see like uh, people think that human rights and social justice are depressing issues, but they're not. They're exciting because you're creating solutions and you're putting jigsaw pieces together around the world. And that's one of the reasons why these anthologies that I create with people and bring them together with their expertise. If I, as a solo author, can reach people and have them message me and say, you saved my marriage, you saved my business, you saved my life or you help me understand what my friend or my partner or my mother or what have you was going through. That is something so powerful. But when you get together with 10 people that you've never met before <laughs> with me going, come on, let's go do this. You know, you, when you're doing that and you're sharing that, your depth and your own knowledge gets so much stronger and you start building another community. And then with you, each of you, you then go and reach nine other communities that you would never have done, like you're doing with the podcasts. Some people love to read. Some people love to listen to podcasts. Some people sit there and watch video all day. I haven't got time to watch videos. I'm reading books. I'm writing books. And I'm out there raising money and feeding people because when we, like Gail, when we did the fundraiser recently, if I hadn't have been an author of human rights and something that I can't really connect to some of the community groups because they're like, well, what do you know about it? Show me who Pablo is. Not someone who's the big, fabulous, high energetic, chilled out now because he's had a couple of beers on 4th of July. You know, he's chilling out and he's got the, oh, yeah, post-beer glow. <laughs> you know, 
But people want to know that when they come to a 4th of July barbecue with you, that they can talk about more than business, that they can talk about real stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that happened today. All right. So I agree with all of this stuff. I want to get into how you do it, how you start writing, like how you build up the courage to publish this stuff, how you write, you know, for non-writers that aren't as, as like into it. I know that you help people kind of like loosen that muscle and, and get going, but first. Not through yoga. Huh? Not through yoga. Let's just be honest. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So, so first I I just want to validate what you're saying, right? Because to me, everything, everything that I'm doing today comes from the business wins of Mm -hmm getting really active with not local nonprofits in Miami, right? Like when I was stuck in my career in Miami, I was also starting these young professional groups for Habitat for Humanity, for Miami Lighthouse for the Blind, for Dream in Green, and for the Beacon Council that ended up completely transforming my idea of how I think that I that business development should happen. Because like you said, when I was organizing events with people, when I was out there asking for money for causes, when I was out there showing up to support things and, and volunteering for things, you're building these deep relationships when you share mm. this like common mission. And that was like my first aha moment in all of this stuff. And that ended up leading to me being able to host events for people that I want to do business with that I would pair together with people that they want to know in front of an audience of people that I have been serving. Right. So like that was the first beginning of this iteration of what the podcast is. And, you know, this to me is the scale of all that stuff. Right. But I know that when we were first talking, you have a really concrete example of a business case for this, of somebody Mm -hmm. that published a book about something that they really care about that then impacted their business. You want to share that with us? Yeah. Well, when I wrote Annie's biography, Becoming Annie, yes, that was me writing her biography about it because I don't ghostwrite. I will not write a book that's like, no, like that I'll co-author it with you or I'll write it about you, but I will not ghostwrite because again, the subjects that I talk on, I have to be open, honest and upfront with people because the information I share, it wouldn't fit the brand very well to pretend put my name somewhere it doesn't belong. But with Annie, what she, this, what, when people read her book, they got to know Annie a lot more. And then she's gone on to become one of the chair people of the G100, which is 100 women globally who have got 100 women in their country. And she was saying to me that it's elevated her career because people have got to know different sides of Annie. They've got to see her. So when people either write their biography or their memoir or have me write their biography or they share a chapter in a book, in an anthology, people are getting to see a bigger picture of who they are. Because like on a podcast, we're talking about a specific project or a specific Mm -hmm. angle of business. But when you write a chapter and you show people, you know what, this is a little bit about me. You know, it's an 11, 12-page ad going international that, you know, you're not going to get for... If you want to bring it down to the nuts and bolts and the shallow aspect of it, you know, it is an 11 page international aspect advert that's going to go in over 150,000 publishing platforms. Da, 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 da. Okay. But it's about the aspect, the things that people learn about Annie. She told me, she goes, my career has like accelerated since she did that. And the knock on effect for her uh, husband and her family as well, you know, it raises the whole family. Like James, was like, oh, you know, you're Annie's husband, you're the hunky husband. 
And so then when they go out to black tie dinners, people have got other things to talk to them about, which breaks down more on the icebreakers to actually allow them to open up to have other conversations and share a bit, thing, bit more privately with each other. So those bonds are made a lot stronger. And then more and more projects, bigger projects accelerate from there or get created from that. That's not going to happen a lot of the time if you're just focusing on one subject. But when you're writing a book about yourself or a chapter, you're sharing a lot more about you. Say, so this is me, warts and all. What, what business is Annie in? Annie was the CEO of Glaucoma Australia. She also set up a business. Annie's like a big Big deal. She's lovely. And the yeah. thing is, when Annie and I first started working together, all we did was giggle and she nearly crashed the car. <laughs> she And she's climbed Ben Nevis. Like she's done, not Ben Nevis, yeah. she's went to Everest Base Camp. She, I found stuff about Annie that she'd even forgotten about. And she was so like, how was, did you know about that? So she was CEO of a... CEO of Glaucoma what's, Australia. What's what, what is that? I don't know. <laughs> Like this a hundred million dollar company, ten million dollar company, twenty million dollar, something like that. Well, it's a charity. It's like one oh, of the okay. biggest. And her husband has the largest. So it's not just CEOs of fortune, like million dollar yeah. companies. We're talking like huge charities, global yeah. charities, where you've got prime ministers and governor generals yeah. on speed. Very dial. public figures. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I got you. Okay. You're cool. hanging so, out with rock stars. I just wanted. I just wanted to set the context of like this is this is not. You know, this is somebody that has a lot to lose, right? Because mm. when you're this big of a public figure, you put something out there about your life, it opens other doors. So was she part mm. of, you wrote a whole book about her or was it like- Oh, a I did. I stalked her. I how, stalked did she, her. how did she distribute it? Did she send it to her email list? Was it kind of like, hey, if you're thinking about do- donating, here's a book about my life first, like how- how does she get that in people's hands? Does she do like a marketing campaign? She did. Um, what she did, she she bought up lots of the author copies herself. And we did an online launch with people all around the world. And this was in 2000, August 2020. Um, we only met four months before that. So, you know, we had research, book published, launch, done. And now what she does every time she has, you'll see a lot of people have their book in the background. Yes. But Annie was, every time she goes to an event, it's open doors. She's able to talk about it on her podcast. She's able to talk about it on other people's. Books do open doors. But what happened was it was reaching communities and individual readers that are not even related to businesses, like in any managerial way, shape or form. They would read Annie's book because they want to know how to be like Annie. But the thing is, they worked in organizations and they were able to then take copies to actually then submit to their boss. So this thing, books will reach people at different levels. And if you're working as, you know, the PA or a graphic designer or even the cleaner in someone's business and you pick up a copy of a book that's about someone else, you don't know, like, how good a relationship everybody. And this thing, when CEOs and massive directors write a book about them, their life, their employees sit to see them as a human. That actually then builds employee engagement. So people start working more because they go, you know what? I get him now. I get her now. I'm going to work even harder at my job. I'm going to work smarter. I'm more engaged in this business now. Productivity goes up. Annie is seeing results. And, you know, and even she's joined for different anthologies that I've done. We've had Lani just do her two anthologies. Lani's now creating a documentary series. She was a powerlifter. She just started her business. 
We've got Marsha Martin, who was the Vice President of Landmark Education. She's joined me for Anthropologies, lended her name to it. You know, and yeah, there's people see different things. And that's the thing. It's not always a tangible result that you get to see straight away. This is long game. And you know that we like the long game. I do. I do. One of my one of my core values is play the mm-hmm. game, right? So it's not just opening up new religion. So opens up new relationships, right? Like mm-hmm. I've had my financial advisor, the first time that this kind of hit my radar, I think it was like around 2015, my financial my financial advisor, Ulti, gave me a book that he co-authored. I was like, oh shit. <laughs> you know, like I was like, oh, I just got really impressed by you, Ulti, right? This like book as a business card is super powerful mm-hmm. to open doors. Also the idea that it can reach people that you had no idea for is really, really powerful. You just mentioned it also strengthens existing relationships, whether it is people that thought they knew you and now see a different side of you internally or externally, right? Inside of your company, having your having your employees see this like other side of you and humanize mm-hmm. you then creates loyalty, creates um, longevity, right? Like lifetime value of clients and employees. Mm-hmm. But... Not everybody God. has the wherewithal to hire an awesome author like you, right, Don? And and not everybody has, and 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 not everybody is like a. I, I, I'm speaking personally, right? Like I'm trying to start this newsletter. I've got a writer on my team, Nicola, who's awesome, and I know that I need to add more to it, right? Like I need to add some writing, and I'm trying to, I'm trying to get better at writing and telling my own story and expressing myself. If somebody is like. In a year, I want to get to the point where I'm writing like a thousand words a day, and eventually I want to write a book. How do I start? How do I how do I start? Kind of give me some writing exercises or some tips for somebody that is pretty good at speaking, has some pretty good ideas, but uh, haven't done a lot of this of like writing and putting it down. Talk to me. <laughs> you look like the dude out of Thunderbirds. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Penelope's coming through in a moment. <laughs> okay, so there's different ways in which you can do it. For me, I just say to people, just start writing as if you're writing to yourself. Just like do a, there's like some people can just do a conscious stream. If I was to be sat in front of you, if I'm that piece of paper in front of you or that Word document or pages or whatever platform you use, if I'm that piece of paper, what would you say to me? What would you be saying? You're just like, right. And then, oh, and then this happened. And oh my God. And then she went off on one and like, oh my God. And we nearly lost Dawn. She went off on so many tangents and da 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 da. Um, you know, and just write to the piece of paper or that document. Get that out of the way. And that, you know, we, those of us who journal, if you're not journaling, like, why are you not journaling? It's like casting a spell and <laughs> writing a contract with the universe. Like, it's just an amazing thing. If you're not journaling, start journaling. And don't worry about the grammar police, you know, and getting all the spellings correct and all the the punctuation and whether you've got a one space or a two space. I'm still having debates with that. I'm a two spacer. I'm not a one spacer. Um, Julie, I'm not a one spacer. Um, (laughs) But it, it depends on who you are because some people will send me manuscripts and they've recorded it all. Hmm. Yeah, it's very much like texting Lee. But the thing is, it's, it's like there's oh, Irvin Welsh who wrote Train Spotting. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, I had I had trouble reading it. Like when I went to watch the film, I had to take my Scottish friend with me to translate it for me. And I speak English, and my grandfather is Scottish. How come I didn't understand it? It doesn't matter whether you're getting the spelling right. 
Corey, who's one of my clients, when he wrote his book, he just went blur, like just did it all. And I could so hear Corey. And the thing is, so many people, they get so caught up in, oh, I don't know what to say. I've got to get it right. Oh, like, what will people think of me? Own who you are. It doesn't matter what other people think of you. When you read Corey's book, you hear Corey. So when Corey goes on a podcast, people can relate to him more because they could hear him in the book. They could hear his Southern drawl, you know, and the, the words he used, I'm like, what does that word mean? We need to put a footnote. <laughs> so do I speak in run on sentences? Cause when I talk, like, cause when I write, I, I feel like I write, like I have to really stop myself from writing run on sentences. And I wonder if there is, I'm hearing from you. Here's a run on sentence right now. I'm hearing from you. Story with start a writing story. habit, right? Like okay. just start writing and journaling in the mm-hmm. morning, loosen that thing up. And then mm-hmm. when you're ready to start actually writing for other people, just write like you talk, right? To begin with, these are to the be- first okay. steps. So that's to begin with. Just, that's just to kind of break the seal and just mm-hmm. get into the habit of like a blank screen or just a blank in the habit. Just in the habit. And not being intimidated by it. Yeah. I mean, you're not going to go into a gym and start lifting 120 pounds if you can't lift 40. That's just going to put you back out. It's going to hurt you. You've just got to get into that habit. If people can get up at 5 a.m. in the morning and go do Wim Hof, they can get up in the morning, make themselves a cup of coffee and start writing. Seriously, let's just put things into perspective here. Okay, that makes sense. Wake up, take a cup of coffee, start writing. Create before you consume. Don't read anything. Don't listen to anyone. Don't have a conversation with anyone. Don't do anything. Just purge everything and then once you've done that <laughs> put word of that I, I smashed that this afternoon by the way Lee there's a side note <laughs> but so when wake you, up and create before you consume continue absolutely conscious like create before you consume and then once you've started getting into that habit start going well if I was to write a book what would it be about start doing your chapter outline make down your your top points and under those key points whether it's 10 or 15 start then making three more points and then add to that and before you know it as you're spacing it out you've got a paragraph on something then you've got another paragraph Mm. so you've got like the main chapter headline and then you've maybe got four or five points underneath which is the beginning the middle and the end and a little bit of padding in between Mm -hmm. you know so that's how you're starting to build everything I mean I used I mean, I write about 10,000 to 12,000 words a day on Jesus. average. Yeah. Jesus. All right. Okay. Yeah. So and, uh, so, I can so help Brett's, people. I know what yeah, I'm yeah, yeah. Brett's <laughs> writing that he outlined his journey and he outlined his journey to build a journey. That's awesome. So I, I recently read, read, I read Brett's manuscript that's coming Both out. Soon. I, I thought it was awesome. So, all right. So recap. First is start journaling, start writing. Don't overthink it. Just type, write, whatever you got to do. It helps to wake up in the morning before you start consuming anything, just like let your thoughts spew out onto paper or screen or whatever it is. Take a cup of coffee. Second is once you get that habit down, start thinking, what would my book be about? Start thinking of topics and outline and start just brainstorming on that type of stuff. And then at some point, start filling that in. Is there Mm. once, so let's say I have an outline, right? Like I've figured out my relationship flywheel book, it's about value, connections, and content, right? So mm-hmm. I'm going to start talking about how the 
relationships are built on value, right? So you got to okay. find ways to add value to things. And these are different forms of like value creation that you can create. Then relationships, there's different ways to network and build relationships, right? Like the from the fundamental ideas of vulnerability and shared experiences to different like how to start a relationship, how to continue a relationship, how to like accelerate to end one. stuff like that. Well, for me, it's about building relationships, right? Yeah, so but I, you've I also got to know when to end it. Yeah, but I also got to know what I'm an expert in and what I'm not, and I suck at that. So I'm not going to give you advice on that one. Okay. <laughs> so, so, but, but, you know, that, that would lead. Get a co-writer to add that bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that would lead into content, right? And like the idea mm-hmm. that content is what scales relationships and the aha moment there. And then all the content strategies, whatever, whatever, that leads into basically this idea that the ultimate form of this is this internet talk show where I'm doing it in front of people that I want to like help and in front of people that I want to meet and do, and then repurposing the content. Once I have all that pretty much laid out in my head, right? So where do I start once that happens? Do I just go into the easiest bullet point? Do I start at the beginning? Do I need to write an intro? Do I need to write an ending? Yeah. Overthinking it. I'm overthinking it. Yeah. Overthinking it. Okay. I seriously do. Like, it's just like, but this is what loads of people do. They overthink it and they get like, okay, well, I've got, have I got to do it? This You've just got to, I mean, sometimes I write a book and I've got like chapter 10 written before I've even thought about what chapter one is. I have got like, and it's, oh, what were those science fiction books where they had, I think it was Will Harbison, where he wrote some of them in the middle and then he went back to the beginning and gave you the pre, like the beginning of the story. So the thing is, it's like, you've got to write what comes up for you, first of all. Okay, because it's like when you do a jigsaw puzzle, you don't get all the pieces right next to each other in a line. You find all the straight edges first and you put those out and you put the framework in and then you'll just go, oh, actually, there's that bit that goes there. And you start building the jigsaw from very different places and very different angles. And the same with a book. And that's the same with the like if you're building this human rights project or like you're actually giving your vo- your voice to a project. I wanted to bring up, you mentioned earlier about some of the things that you go out into the community to do. It's un- understanding what that common theme is. Why do you choose those charities? Why do you choose those community projects? What is it that connects each and every single one of them to Pablo? Why did you choose those? There's got to be a reason why it was those kinds. And then that will be the main theme throughout your book. Mm-hmm. This is why. And as you're writing it, you're probably going to uncover and unravel more about who you are. Because the thing is, it's not just about writing a book for other people. This is writing a book to get to know yourself. Mm. And that's why a lot of people won't write a memoir or a social justice book, or they won't put themselves on the page because they're afraid of who they are. They don't even know who they are. And when we know who we are and we've actually owned that, we've put our name to it, then what we're doing is you're like, it's giving you better clarification on the bigger impact you want your business to have in the world. I know that I want a Nobel Prize for literature. You can only get that if you have made a serious impact uh, on human rights levels. If you haven't made an impact in in human rights with the field of literature, you're not getting that award. I want it. What Dawny wants, Dawny gets. Oof, that was a golden nugget right there. I'm going to have my team clip that and paste that across all my social media channels. So if you could just give this a pause right now, go into the show notes and connect with me on whatever platform you like to follow me on, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, whatever you want to be a part of my life in, 
connect with me there. I'm going to share that clip and you can share it with your friends so that they get the same lesson. It'll be adding value to their life. And while you're at it, go ahead and subscribe to the show if you haven't already. Hit five-star review, right? You don't have to leave a review. You just got to hit five stars. If you want to leave a review, cool. And maybe send the episode to your friend. That would be awesome. That's it. I'm done. Back to the show. Okay, cool. All right. So that's so that's good. So it's start the day, start start the writing habit. Then once you're used to that, now you're outlining it. Then once you have the outline, whatever speaks to you, just lay it down. Absolutely. Right? That, that makes sense. Okay. So that's that's writing a book. That's you said working on a project. I would imagine that that's also, you know, like I'm like stuck on this newsletter that I've been trying to publish for like you're not oh. stuck on it. You keep telling yourself you're stuck on it. Stop it. Okay. Okay, fine. I'm not stuck on a newsletter. It is. In Don't progress. say you're not not stuck on it because that's a double negative. So you can't say that. You're just you're writing a newsletter. Okay. And okay. Gareth is going to appreciate this. There is no try. There is only do. Listen to Master Yoda a bit more. Let's be honest. All right. I got it. Hey, Gareth. Okay. Cool. This this works. This sounds like it works for even smaller pieces. Is kind of where I was going for it, right? Which is where I'm drawing inspiration for. I would love to hear, you you know, it's one thing to write a book. It's another thing to write something smaller and Mm. try to get it to a book, right? Like I Mm. I would love for you to, I would love for you to tell me about the uniqueness of like this anthology concept of stuff that you work on and, and how that works. Cause I think it has another extra community element that I think is really interesting. You want to tell me Mm. about these anthologies and how they fit into this? Yeah. Like I love anthologies. I mean, they can be a bit hard going sometimes when you've got people on different time zones, mostly 10 different time zones, different cultures, high, low context, you know, very differing variations of what time actually is. Like I'm an hour early or I'm an hour late, but what is late anyway? And am I on time or in time? That causes an issue. But again, by people that are working with each other across that, they learn to understand who they are again what judgments or what triggers as to use a fashionable or trendy buzzword uh, let's play buzzword bingo see how many we can come up with (laughs) when you are working with people that you've never worked with before and you're all holding space for each other whether it's like directly and you really connect or whether you are at a distance you're all working towards a common goal to actually share and some people have written books some people that will join an anthology some people this is their very first time and I like it when my projects are have people at different levels of business experience, different expertise, different industries, different nation, cultures, ethnic, re- religious, gender, generation. When you've got a group of people working together, again, it's that transformational process. It's that healing process of yourself that you didn't even know you needed healing because there are sometimes I'm like, oh, my God, like I wish that Colombian would put headphones in. Or that Brazilian would turn the music down. And we don't need six lots of bloody music by the pool. I'm getting really triggered by it. Like, we, like seriously, put some made for earphones in. Is it that hard? Did it, headphones and earphones never get to Colombia? Okay. So what does that say about me? When you are writing this stuff in a seven and a half thousand word chapter, which is ideal, lots of people will throw 18, 20 people at an anthology. Stop it. Stop doing it. You're undervaluing the journey if when you've got a nice seven and a half thousand words that's two and a half thousand for the beginning the middle and the end and that's digestible that's I mean I would say that's only seven days writing a thousand words a day if you're not that if you can't do that that's 14 days at 500 words a day and when you work with people like myself on these anthologies you get all of that support 
And when people are at different levels of business and experience and expertise, everybody's raising everybody else up, mentoring each other. But it's such a beautiful fusion because we're discovering solutions in one country or pieces of information in one country and sharing it. Again, books are some of the oldest ways we've had of communicating all of this. So I'm not reinventing the wheel, but I'm giving people that opportunity to go that little bit deeper but not take the full bite of the elephant because I really like elephants. <laughs> Me too. I feel like we started <laughs> off at hundred miles an hour. We probably should have started a little slower on the anthology thing. Brett just put, I just looked up anthology. Love this collaborations, right? So what we mean by these mm. anthologies is that Don will put together like Don, you offered this to me a little while ago. It wasn't the right moment for me, but you'll put together. A not topic, yet. Right? Yeah. Not yet. Put together a topic. Like what does, what does, male leadership today look like, mm, right? What is, yeah. what, what, what is a male leader supposed to be like right now? And let's say me, Brett, Gareth, Jerry, and Lee each write seven and a half thousand words and mm-hmm. boom, we got a seven chapter book. That is our perspective on male leadership that this, mm-hmm. that, that each of us can Hand out. And Esau, yeah. he's not getting away with this. Esau as well. And he's, and, and he's, <laughs> I was just talking to the folks that are on the call right now, right? But like this idea that we can all go through this journey together, guided yeah. by somebody like Don that can help coach you a little bit while you are putting your thoughts on this particular thing that isn't exactly about your business, right? Like Gareth is in a drone business and a drone enablement business. Lee is in real estate and hard money lending. Brett is a contractor about to turn into a tech entrepreneur, right? Like I'm a marketer, but we we can write. And Jerry is a is a business coach, former CEO, you know, current CEO, I guess, of his own thing. Anyways, he's the ultimate CEO. But we can all come at it from. I was listening to him on the and, way on the on yeah. the airplane, Jerry. Jerry's I great. like Jerry's your listen. show. Yeah, you've listened to the best places. To oh leave. yeah. 17 hours, go. 17 hours of light was. I got so many, so many episodes of Jerry and it. it's like Jerry Seinfeld. It's great. <laughs> so, so it's five people kind of going through this journey, putting our, putting our thoughts together, right? It built a, the co-creation is something that's big as the things that we preach here at mm-hmm. Be The Stage, because you're going through this journey and putting your thoughts and, and, and packaging it together so that now Seinfeld. you are guilty yeah, by sorry. association with each other when you publish mm-hmm. it. Partners um, in crime. Yeah, your partners in crime, right? So now I get to be guilty by association with Brett and Gareth and Lee and Jerry forever because it's in a book, right? So that's that's a brand race for everybody. If you want mm-hmm. to be guilty by association with me, you get to actually have a book without having to put in all the work of a book. And on top of that, you're also doing this whole like, hey, this is what I believe in, right? It's like if somebody mm-hmm. is thinking if they want to do business with you, be like, all right, just read this like chapter of me and my book. And if you agree with the stuff that I say, then we're probably a good fit. If you don't, no big deal. Right. So like, mm-hmm. I, I I love that as a low friction content play to be perfect. I, like I see it as a content play, right? Like to me, it's a content branding play that can open great doors for you while exercising this muscle and doing something good for the world. Right. Like sharing intergenerational wisdom. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it is. It's like a men's circle or like a human circle. It's not yeah. just men or women. It, and this thing, it creates, because you're sharing such vulnerabilities as a group through the process and you're saying, you know what, this really matters to me. Yeah. Like I remember saying to someone recently, if I can't trust you to look after my kids, I'm not doing business with you. And they're like, what? Makes sense. Well, well, why would you say that? I'm like, because how we do business together impacts my children. Yeah. 
directly or indirectly. If I can't trust you to hang out with them, help them become the best version of themselves, or just have a laugh with them, or take them on the biggest, fastest roller coaster ever and hear them scream, yeah, if I can't trust you to do that, (laughs) then why would I do business with you? Our values are so misaligned. But the other thing is, it's like if you, when the Scotland thing happened, I was willing to risk my freedom. I was willing to risk time away from my boys. I know I've been traveling. There was so much that I was prepared to risk. And when we put our names to something, whether it is the situation that we're seeing going on in America at the moment with women's rights, whether it's stuff that's going on in Angola or the stuff going in, you know, parts of like Isa and I mentioned the other week, you know, about the Israeli-Palestinian thing. If we're not willing to come together and put our name to something, how can we solve these solutions? We're just going to be those people sitting in the afwa drinking coffee, uh, you know, bitching about something or sat around, you know, the table moaning about something. But putting our walk behind something, putting our name to something, that matters because that's not going away. Yeah, I, you matter. What you stand for matters. Yeah, I, I I love the perspective of if I can't trust you to watch my children, why would I do business with you? Right, mm-hmm. like this. It is. It impacts. It impacts your livelihood. The the um, you know the people that you have gained their trust. That to me is the highest form of currency in the world. Right, this like mm-hmm. relationships and trust. So mm-hmm. why would you put that stuff at risk if you can't? This is a theme that we wanted to talk about, this like risk versus reward of putting your name on something. Mm-hmm. You believe that the more you stand behind something, right? Like the more the more you're willing to be out on the ledge, as far out on the ledge as possible, the more value it can create for you. Is that accurate? Mm, absolutely. You're going all in. <laughs> I mean, like you, it's like eat, pray, love. If you're going to get a tattoo on your face, you better be serious. <laughs> We're not talking the Maori haka warrior, like facial tattoos that women have. We're talking like if you are going to go all in on it, because that takes a pair of ovaries if you're a woman, and that takes a pair of if you're a guy, right? (laughs) I went really shy then. Why did I do that? Uh Right? (laughs) But if if you're willing to go there for a book and for a cause that means so much to you, that actually underpins everything of who you are, Imagine what else is possible. Imagine what else you'd be able to do after that. No, you did not, Lee. I'm in England now. I'm very, very proper. Hey, Gareth. Um, I Gareth. So- <laughs> cojones. I said cojones. Um, yeah. But again, it's like everything we do, there's that theme running through it. When we were looking at my the first, I don't know half a dozen books that I wrote it was like okay what's the common theme throughout all of this what is that theme through I mean I know most people are not going to write and publish the amount of books I I am already have and I'm planning on doing (laughs) okay oh my god I'm going to be like 100 before these are finished (laughs) but what is the common theme with everything we do whether it's our passion projects like whether it's our philanthropy whether it's the sports we take like or whether it's you know the books we read maybe the documentaries or the pro what is that common theme I love criminology I love getting behind someone's mind again makes them tick what did they go through what makes them that way I'm so nosy 
I'm curious to put it in my polite way. <laughs> but it's like whether you're using the book to raise funds as a part of activism. Say, for example, you're a group of mums, you know, and you all want to get together and you want to raise funds for the local community so that you can put a playground in for your kids. How are you going to fund that? How are you going to raise those funds and put yourself on a level where you can actually have the, that level of conversation at a government level, whether it's local government or national government or rights for kids to play, rights for women to be able to support their community? So do you know what I mean? It's like there is something that connects everything we do. And if we don't step up and we don't honour that calling, then we're not being true to who we are. It's like my friend who posted that Dolly Parton thing today. Figure out who you are and then do it on purpose. I love that. I love that. I love that. Yeah. So so Jerry puts in the chat, the only thing you find in the middle of the road is dead animals. This was something, this was something that it took me a while to learn as well, right? Like I, for a really, really long time, I was a generalist and I knew that I was good enough to be an executive at a big company if I really wanted to, or mm -hmm. a middle manager if I really wanted to or, or whatever. And it wasn't until I went completely all in on this idea that what I love is relationships and mm -hmm. how you build them. And, you know, the shadow of that is influence and manipulation, but the positive of that is bringing people together in community. Right. So I, I went deep down the rabbit hole of studying all this stuff. And then even deeper down the rabbit hole of how do I build a company where the thing that I love to do, that is what I do best will be the thing that drives the engine of the company succeeding or not. And mm -hmm. ever since I've done that, it's been a super lumpy road, but my energy has never been higher. My sense of fulfillment has never been higher. And at the end of the day, the simple way of putting it is that you see everywhere how conflict creates attention. And what you're seeing is a lot of folks that are going down the negative side of conflict, right? Like going really on the extremes of what they believe in in a negative way to piss people off, to get attention, to get their way. So why not just fill the world with people that are willing to go to the extremes of the positive side of what they believe in to mm -hmm. piss people off, to get attention, right? Like not piss people off, right? Like but dancing people, in airports. Yeah. Like dancing in airports, a hundred, a hundred percent. So I, I love mm -hmm. the idea. I, when you first told me the whole risk versus reward, I was like, Ew. but it, it, it's, it's a hundred, it's a hundred percent accurate, right? Like it is. If it you're is not willing accurate. to go all in, then if you're not willing to risk it all, to have it all, you're not committed. You don't want it bad enough. You seriously don't. You can talk all you, all you like, yeah. but unless you are willing to lay it all on the line or walk the line, as Johnny Cash said, if you're not willing to go all in, you don't want it. You're just playing. And the thing is, I've just, I mean, you can see me writing as you're you talking. Right <laughs> Always got finished. <laughs> Feel naked without stationery. <laughs> John, before like, you share what you're writing, in five minutes, we're going to roll into relationship-driven growth strategy sessions. Yeah. I just like to tease that, right? So okay. we're going to do that. I got some stuff to share. I'm, I, yeah, I see all of our, our, our favorite community members are here today, so we're going to do that. But I want to invite you. I... I, I just see that Milana, I haven't met you, Milana. So just letting you know that once the show's over, we go into an open Q&A session of just strategies around content creation, around podcasting, how to, how to reach out to people, you know, everything, the intersection between relationships and building your business. We're going to go into that. I have a couple of things to share, but 
Don, I want you to, I, I want you to like, tell me, what are you writing about? What are the notes that you're taking? Let's, let's, let's land this plane. Okay. So, duh, 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 duh. so you, you just mentioned about the conflict distracting attention, people focusing on the negative, like, yeah, but there is stuff, there's trauma, there's, you know, there are levels of it. When I walk down the street and I'm singing and I'm dancing with my headphones in, like I was in the airport in Houston and in Costa Rica and in Heathrow today, like, no one's going to bother me. So I'm actually showing people, you know, I don't care whether you like what I do or don't do. Lots of people were inspired by me. Some people joined me. <laughs> that's great. We're having a right party. But what happens is that's a way of protecting myself as well because no one's going to mug me walking down the street because everybody's looking at me and then they're going to be a prize mugger. Like that is so it's a way of me protecting myself, but it's actually mm. doing it in a fun way. Because the thing is, is like a lot of women would love to how many people would like, oh my god, they hear a tune and they just want to bust out some moves. <laughs> like, I love this tune. Just dance. Who cares if people see you? Who cares if like you have just made someone smile? You've just started a party. I remember when I did the landmark education, I sat there after the advanced course and went, I really want to dance. And my friend T went, oh, my God, do you? I was like, yeah, I really want to dance. She was like, okay. I was up and I was dancing to the tunes in my head. I was having a proper rave, Gareth. And then she got up and then a couple of other people got up. By the Within two minutes, no word of a lie, the whole 200, 200, 300 people in that room were up dancing to a silent disco going on in their head. We then ended up doing the conga all the way through Eversholt Street premises over four floors just because I wanted to dance. And I raised the vibration. And that's how it is. It's like when you do something, oh, I just have to do this or I can't keep quiet on this anymore. This People have got to know. That's it. I'm done. That soapbox, give me the microphone. I'm not shutting up now. When you like, there is something. And why hide that from the world? Because that's beautiful. That's who we are. If we're not going to go all in on that and own who we are, then we're just pretending. I love it, Don. What a great story. What a great story, right? Because so, so, many, so many truths in that. A, the idea that being noticed is good for you no matter what is counterintuitive to the way that some people are raised. But, mm. it, but it's true, right? Like Me? I'm shy as anything. Yeah, there you go. Right. Like, but, but being noticed is good for you. It is, it is, it is safety. If somebody knows where you are, you know, like, I, I think I, I have this like highlighter yellow rash guard that I wear when I'm surfing and my wife's like, Oh, you just love attention. I'm like, no man, like if I'm drowning or something in the water, like I want people to see me, you know? Absolutely. Um, you do. But, but, yeah. But be, so especially Gareth with his drone, especially Gareth with his drone or this idea that if you are known for something, right? If you throw up mm-hmm. a, a big enough beacon, you're going to get the opportunities that you want, right? Like yeah, that, is, that is the way that that is the way that you get noticed. And last but not least is this idea that man, if you are out there doing it, living so going so hard at it, right? Like dancing in the airport, getting people to do a conga line, you're just always going to be memorable, right? Like mm-hmm. that idea that you raise the vibrations for all those folks. You didn't just like that story has been told by every one of those people that were in that conga line hundreds of times, right? Mm-hmm. Like I was in this airport, this crazy, crazy lady woman. started dancing. I decided to join. It was the best airport experience of my life. Like, you know, mm-hmm. you never know what comes out of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I, I really, really believe in making those moments happen. So mm-hmm. I, I love that we ended on this idea of 
of just, if you're going to show up, show the fuck up, <laughs> right? Like show up and, yeah. and, and be your well, best no. and do the most. Cause that's how the stuff that you want is going to happen to you. Don, mm-hmm. how do people, how do people connect with you? What's a good, what's a good introduction for you, right? Like who are you looking to meet when the hundreds of people that listen to this podcast, listen to it? <laughs> Wow. You know, they can join me on LinkedIn. Just type in Dawn Bates. Go to Pablo's friends list. I'm on there because he's my friend. (laughs) Or they can just type in dawnbates.com and check out my website. There's lots of updates always going on at the moment because we're launching the Author Academy. Whereas if people can't and don't, if I'm a bit too scary at the moment to work with on a one-on-one or a group project, you can actually go and do my seven-week author course or seven module if you're not quite hard enough yet. Go hard or go home. Not really. Take as long as you like. I've got you. (laughs) (laughs) Dawnbates.com. I'm even on Twitter now, believe it or not. Don, I'm just so pumped we got to do this, right? Like, man, you know, this is one of those, like, how in the heck, if it weren't for the internet and if it weren't for social media and it weren't for Zoom and all these like technological things I knew things that you happened, were going to bring that up, that how could, we have, how, could, how could we have become friends, man? You know, like I, I'm just really grateful for it. You're this- you're I'd have this, found you. Don't worry. Yeah, but I, well, listen, I'm not I'm not celebrating other things. I'm celebrating you, right? Like you are you are a, a person that brings so much energy and so much passion and so much- of yourself to everything that you do. And I really, really respect that. And I'm, I'm humbled by the idea that I've been able to throw up a big enough beacon to attract something so awesome into my life. So I just thank you for being Aww. on the show. Thank you thank for being you. my friend. Thank you for being such a part of active member of the community. And yeah, thanks. Thanks for being you. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure to dance in conversation with you. And when I get to America, we are doing the Congress. <laughs> got Let's my leg go. warmers on. <laughs> got already got my leg warmers on. Ready. <laughs> All right, I'm in. I'm in. Well, there you have it. The brilliant brain of Don Bates. If you enjoyed that episode, I think you're really gonna like the episode where Don shows up for the first time as a guest, as a uh, part of our community, which is uh, my interview with Amber Khan, episode 154 of why you should amplify your mission instead of your brand. It's kind of right in line with this subject. Uh, before I give you my, uh, my number one takeaway, I want to invite you to hang out. I've got a bunch of places I'm going to be. I, I almost have anxiety reading this list because there's so many conferences that I'm going to in September. I'm actually going to one next week at uh, in Cleveland called the Hold Co. Conference organized by uh, my buddy Justin Sheff, a different Justin than Justin Schenk, if you remember from the last part. Uh, you're probably not going to be able to go to that one, but just want to throw it out there that I'm going to be in Cleveland next week if anybody wants to hang out downtown Cleveland. But where you can really hang out with me is uh, starting in September, I'm on, on a crazy tour. Uh, first, September 7th through 10th, is FinCon in Orlando, and that is a conference for financial educator content creators. I love going to content creation conferences because everybody you meet has a stage, right? If you meet 10 people, you might be meeting 10,000 people because if you get on their podcast, you're going to meet all of their audience, right? Um, Also, people in the financial education space, people in in, um, in the 
in like the real estate space, the money making space, they, they intuitively get the value of networking and they intuitively get the value of connection. So it's usually a really smart, a really gregarious group of people. And speaking of a gregarious group of people, just announced I'm going to be speaking at CMX Summit 2022 Thrive. Uh, September 13th through 15th in San Francisco. Bueno, in, um, did I say bueno? I just went Spanglish on you. In Redwood City. It's just uh, just outside San Francisco, Silicon Valley. CMX is the stage for community. I am incredibly, incredibly honored to have been selected to speak there. Uh, this is my second year speaking there. I did not expect that at all. And I'm so, so, so looking forward to that because if there is a group of people that like to hang and get along with people, it is the community industry. <laughs> so that is going to be a really warm group full of wonderful people that I cannot wait to hang out with in Silicon Valley, right? Like the tech world. I feel like I've arrived. So um, CMX Summit 2022 Thrive. That's uh, September 13th through 15th in uh, Redwood City, California. And then after that, I'm going to Texas, September 22nd to 24th for the Badass Business Summit. I'm going to MC and keynote this one as well. And this is a small business conference. So this is for like the insurance agents, the travel agents, the you know the realtors, the contractors. You, you got a you got a, a, a local small business, uh, Donnie and Kevin. Uh, Donnie is a sales training expert who's given me unbelievable advice. He's going to be on the podcast again here soon. Kevin, his partner, is a scale and process maven. Both of them are veterans, both of them super cool guys, and they have these like networking groups around the country called Success Champions Networking, and this is where they all get together. So it is a, uh, a boisterous room, I would say, where we're going to do an insane amount of karaoke, and actually just a, a specific amount of karaoke is what they've told me, but it's a lot of fun. Um, and that's in Fort Worth, Texas, September 22nd to the 24th, the Badass Business Summit. And last but not least, uh, Jesse Lane's Business Conference, which I think is going to be called Eight Figure Contractor, is going to be in Jacksonville, Florida, October 22nd and 23rd. I am also emceeing and keynoting there in Jacksonville, my city. Come to it. I would love to take you surfing. Uh, Jacksonville really is a wonderful place. And this one is mostly for the real estate and um, real estate development and contracting industry. Jesse is like the um, the definition of a modern day contractor uh, with like a huge YouTube channel, has released an NFT because he's got a bunch of people that really follow him. He does online courses and he has the number one rated fastest growing uh, construction company in all of Jacksonville. The guy's a beast. So it's going to be a really, really great conference. I would love to see you there. And yeah, that's uh, it's uh, it's it's getting interesting out here for your boy speaking at conferences and going there. But man, I love it. This is this was a dream of mine when I set out to build to build this business to be able to go to conferences um, as a business uh, tool and uh, and be a part of it and speak at them and stuff like that. So I'm really really excited. And then my final takeaway today is this: the, the writing habit that that Don talked about, right? Like, just start, right? Like, I'm I've been I've been in this like mental block for a long time, trying to publish this newsletter about relationship-driven growth, and the idea that I can just start journaling and then start making stuff and then going uh, writing. 
there's no skill set more important than your ability to communicate and writing is never going to go away it's probably about eight years ago I was still in construction I bought a book called Everybody Writes by Anne Handley because uh, I started thinking I'm like man I'm, we write emails all day you know we're writing texts all day we're writing social media posts all day it's such an important modus of communication so I just started working on that um, and you know practice makes perfect right one of the things that I found about hosting this show and uh, doing the the live internet talk show is speaking right like I've become a much better speaker because I'm able to just open up this mic notice I don't say a lot of ums or ahs and I don't hesitate sometimes I stumble and I make fun of myself but getting used to speaking getting used to writing uh, practicing communicating will make you a better communicator, right? I don't think that's a very uh, hard concept to grasp, but it's real. It's very real in your life. So whether you're going to start a blog or a daily email newsletter or um, a podcast or a live internet talk show, I really highly recommend you practice the skill set of communication. It is the new form of public speaking um, these days, right? This idea to be able to like go live on Facebook or something like that and talk to people, the ability to interview somebody on a podcast, the ability to uh, write a blog or a newsletter or something compelling. And if you want to learn our frameworks for doing it, uh, we are doing round three of the Relationship Flywheel Bootcamp where we'll teach you everything that we know about how to host live internet talk shows that lead to monetization for your business starting in it's going to be late september now that i'm on this like speaking tour so we can um get people in from from the speaking engagements to, just so you know and i'm not letting you go without thanking my team number one i want to thank rowan who is my personal account manager she helps coordinate this show and put it all out there i want to help jp who does all the technical execution all the creative all the graphics i want to thank gina who's our chief heart officer and the absolute heart of our culture i want to thank marge who is her right hand and the one that keeps it all together for everybody else i want to thank joyce i want to thank joanna as superstar account managers i want to thank my partner isar of course who brought this big vision to life so far how we can keep all these moving parts organized i want to thank nicola for doing all the writing and our newest content strategist rita until next time don't forget relationships over transactions always